0: Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Lighting Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scriptures meaning for your life. Thank you for being here today and thank you for those who are joining us via the internet, our streaming channels. I want to welcome you and uh, tell you who we are. This is the Light in Kent, in case you didn't know that yet. My name's Larry Knoll, and we are in Kent, Ohio, just around the campus, not too far off the campus of Kent State University. And we are so glad to be in this city, in this community, and we have so many opportunities to share the love of Jesus. And this is one part of what we do, our spark service, our time of coming to worship together. And I invite you to, if you enjoy this today and you would like to know about the future uh, videos that are are coming out as they do each week, um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, like our Facebook videos. Um, It will notify you then, from what I understand, of upcoming things that will be happening next week. If you're watching this live next week, I want you to know that we have a very special guest that will be here, and she's not even a guest. She's one of us, but she's not she's not here anymore. We have a habit of seeing people come in, and and God transforms their lives, and then they go out, and they do something with that transformation. And Nicole Shafi will be here uh, next week, and she'll be speaking, and she is a full-time campus missionary at Kent State University, and so she is formerly one of our students, and um, we're so very proud of her, and um, just glad for what God's doing through her. We love the students on the campus of Kent State University, and we have some that are right here today, and some former ones. Can we hear it for Kent State University? Yeah, they were not on the cheerleading squad. They were on the golf team, can't you tell? So today I'm going to introduce you to something, and I think I'm going to do this from time to time. It's not really a series, but it's, um, it's some special sermons that I've come across. See, my grandmother, her name is Mamie West, and you probably haven't heard her. Of her because she's internationally unknown. But um, she was a pretty good preacher, and she was an evangelist in the uh, state of Ohio for many years. She started a couple churches. She was a church planter, from what I understand, in the Youngstown area, and then she was a church planter in the Cleveland area, west side, north Ridgeville. And um, so she would travel around. She would, you know, uh, preach for pastors who maybe had a special Sunday they wanted somebody to preach. Um, She would fill the pulpit, and she would also do revivals when she was a lot younger. That was before I knew her, all right? And this is, I'm talking about my mom's mom, okay? So uh, this is, Mamie West was unique, okay, because she she was kind of crippled up a little bit and wasn't able to walk very good. But the funny thing was, when she would start preaching, Everything would get loose, you know. And she'd be over here and over there and everywhere. And you uh, was like, wait, did she? Did did something just happen to her? Because I saw her coming in, and and she needed help. And she doesn't need any help right now. Okay. So um, anyhow, I'm, I came. I was given. My mom gave me uh, some of her sermon notes, which are very hard to read. Because they're on tiny little ruled paper written in her handwriting, but once I got acclimated to it, Mom, I was able to read them pretty good. I've become a Mamie West translator now, full time, and I I really want to share some of these messages because they're really good. They're good. When I was a kid, I was just sitting on the pew going, "Yeah, whatever." When's church over? When are we going to go eat chicken? But now, you know, I look at these and they're Pretty, pretty good, pretty amazing, and I really didn't change anything to this. And I'm actually, what I'm planning on doing, Mom, is I wanna publish these uh, someplace on our website, so I'm gonna need some help with that, but I wanna put them in a special place where people can access these as I digitize them. So it won't be a lot of them, You know, be one at a time as I do these, but I want them to be up there for other people to see because it's really good information So she preached the sermon in 1968 in Streetsboro, Ohio, which is not too far from here. Um, It's, you know, just north of, of Kent. And in 1968, she preached a sermon called Building for Eternity, okay? And when I saw this sermon, this, and I picked it out, it was before June 24th of this year. June 24, 2021, at approximately 1.25 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Champlain Tower South, a 12-story beachfront condominium in the Miami suburb of Surfside, Florida, partially collapsed. As of July 17, 2021, the confirmed total of 97 people dead, 95 of which have been identified, 11 injured, and up to two unaccounted for, makes it one of the deadliest structural collapses in American history. Long-term degradation of reinforced concrete support structures in the underground parking garage due to water penetration and corrosion of the reinforcing steel is being considered as a factor in or the cause of the collapse. Now, I picked this message out before that date of what I just read. I just read the news account word for word of that. And so as I was thinking about this message, I thought about how significant that is to what we're seeing in the news today, something that we're still dealing with. So I want us to go to a similar story to what I just read that Jesus talked about. It's found in Luke chapter 6, verses 47 through 49. Very familiar text. You'll probably recognize this story. It says, As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. And when a flood came the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my voice and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Sounds kind of like a familiar thing happened in Jesus' day, doesn't it? As a matter of fact, you know, he talks about a building that collapsed in another place in the Scriptures, and it's, you know, it's a historical fact that this was a tragedy in his day. So this, you know, they were probably experimenting with building techniques back then and didn't maybe didn't have the engineering and the computers. We know they didn't have, or slide rules or anything, But, you know, they they had some good people back then, but they were probably experimenting with larger buildings. And so Jesus most likely is talking about something that actually happened. And he's not thinking, though, of houses of wood or stone. He was using an example of what people were familiar with. But what he was really talking about, he's talking about two categories of people. He's talking about those who hear and do and those who hear and do not okay those who hear and do and those who hear and do not. and it's talking about you and me. It's talking about anybody who hears the Word of God because what he's in, what he's saying here is that we are all builders aren't we? We're all builders. we're building ourselves. We're building our lives. But I think, same as in 1968, when my grandmother first penned this, I believe it's still true today that there are we're living in a day when people are building their lives without a foundation. They're not building their lives with a spiritual foundation. They're taking care of financial things sometimes. They're taking care of their family things their children's education um you know secondary school all that they're taking care of their insurance policies they spray termite spray around their house to keep the house from being eaten up they take care of everything else in their life but they're not laying a spiritual foundation and i don't know why this second guy i don't know why he chose to build on the sand I don't think it's because he didn't know. Because other people were building structures like his. They were building houses. And they knew to build on a rock foundation. They knew about that. And I'm sure he knew about that. I'm sure he knew all about foundations. But he built on the sand anyhow. It's interesting. but And even Jesus, he implied this. He said, he hears my words... There are those who hears my words and they do not put them into practice. So he's insinuating this guy knew how it worked with a house, but he just didn't do it right. And the blueprint for this man's house, just like the Bible, may have shown a foundation was needed there. See, the Bible is our blueprint for living. It's going to show us the proper way to live, live, especially to build our spiritual foundation. The Bible is going to provide that just like a blueprint for a house, the plans. I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, the blueprint showed this to this man. Maybe it was there. And maybe the architect told him his house was. Wouldn't be safe without a foundation, guy. Listen, you can do what you want. It's your house. But I'm going to tell you, as an architect, I'm out of here because you're building this without a foundation. And I don't know, maybe this guy was too busy. Maybe he needed to get this up so he could have a party. Maybe he needed to get this house built because, you know, he had some more important things to do. Maybe he didn't care maybe it was just too lazy you know digging foundations i don't know if you've ever done that it's not easy that's where the hard dirt is isn't it you know my i live in a place where we have about this much topsoil and you know you got the grass and then about this much topsoil and then it's like rocks and clay immediately and i've just tried to put christmas lights up and stick those little things in to hold them in place and i got to have a sledgehammer. It's just hilarious. I'm out there, bang, you know, screaming and yelling and pulling rocks out of the dirt. But the deeper you go, the more firm the earth gets. I mean, you run into all kinds of things, but that's the whole purpose of it. We don't want to build on loose things. We want to build on something that's very, very firm, very, very, um, you know, hard that nothing's going to move. So maybe he was too lazy. The only thing, I don't know why this guy didn't do it right. All I know is that the storm and the floods came and his house wasn't prepared for that. That's what we do know. Jesus doesn't give us any more background today. And you know what? People today are more like this man. People today are more like this second man than the other one who laid a strong foundation. And it just, it amazes me. And I'm disturbed actually about this because I feel like as the church, I even see Christians, followers of Christ, are living shallow lives. And it happens. It happens. I see a lot of people, they come to know Jesus. They raise their hands. I want to make a decision. They come down to the altar. They pray. And I I believe with all their heart that they have accepted christ i believe that they have become a follower of christ i believe that because jesus promised that if we call on the name of the lord what we would be what saved so i believe that when we call on his name we are saved but i don't think that after that we dig deep enough and then when we go out and we have to face the world and face temptation then we can't stand what happens we fall and we fall just like this man's house did. And the fall is pretty bad. The fall is pretty significant because what happens is a soul, this has got to do with souls, not brick and mortar, everybody. And a person's soul is lost. And there, I don't think there's any greater tragedy that can happen in a person's life than when when a person is a born-again Christian and they go back into sin. I don't think there's anything greater on the scale of bad things that can happen to a person than I accepted Jesus and now I've gone back into sin. Because I don't understand that one, to be honest with you. Now, I do understand the attractions of sin, They don't go away once we come to know Jesus. I know that the temptations, the things that get to us, the things that discourage us, depress us, drag us down, wear us out, sidetrack us, they don't go away once we we become a Christian. I understand that, okay? Because I've been through those things too. I've been through stuff in life that is pretty bad. But I just don't understand how we go back into sin once we've known the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. What greater experience in life is there than to know Jesus Christ? The problem is every experience has to be built on the solid rock who is Jesus Christ. So an experience is just a one-time thing. You can come to Jesus. You can pray the prayer. You can believe in your heart. You can ask for that. And he said he would give this to us. But we have to build on this experience, the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And every Christian, with without exception, has to become established in the Lord. And just like every young person every child has to grow up every christian has to grow up in the lord right (laughs) we have to grow up we can't stay that babe we can't because we're vulnerable if we stay as a child we're vulnerable you know right now we have so many grandchildren i forget how many we have i think it's seven and you know we're out in the front yard with michael's boys sometimes and it's very close to the road very close to the road. And I don't know why it is, but the young, the youngest one's always the one that wants to run into the road. It's just like, God, could you not have put one thing in a kid's life that is just common sense when they're born, and that's not run out in the road? You know, could there be a little, you know, could you just do some therapy on children from here on out to keep them from doing those kind of things? It's just like, the you know, they want to get a knife out of the knife drawer they don't ever want to get towels out of the towel drawer they want a knife out of the knife drawer I mean if you give them a choice they'll always hurt themselves and you see we're a lot like that as babies in Christ aren't we we just hurt ourselves we do all the things that intuitively look like it's exciting we want to be there and God says no that's the knife drawer quit running into the road because we're not grown up in the Lord yet, it's it's a process. Everybody, it's not something that you can read in a book. And I could say, go down buy this book at Logos Bookstore and start reading it, and it'll make you all grown up. It's a process, and we have to become mature in His Word and His power. Two things we need to mature in His Word. And his power. Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians two sixteen and 17, May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and listen, strengthen you in every good deed and word. So we need to get our strength from the word of God and our power from the Holy Spirit, okay? He also wrote in 2 Timothy 2.15, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. This is all pointing to one thing, one important thing in our life that has to be there, and that's the Bible. The word of God has to be central to your life. It has to be, everybody. It has to be our main diet. The thing that we consume more than anything when it comes to information. And the thing that we go to for counsel more than anything has to be the Word of God, more than Oprah or some uh, how to channel on YouTube or anything else. It needs to be the Word of God. And we can't go wrong. It's bedrock, it's firm, it's unchanging. the Bible is our guide of faith and practice. And by reading its pages and by praying, coupled with praying, what happens is we start becoming stronger as a Christian. We become more established. And let me add, we also grow by serving the Lord. This is not in Mamie's notes, okay, but I'm adding this in. We also become strong by our service. When we, when we branch out by faith and we begin to do something for God, hey, it can be this big, it doesn't matter. It's not how big it is, it's that we do it. It will usually be something we're not comfortable with. It will usually be God presents something to you that you're not comfortable with. Well, God, I've never done that before. God, I don't know how to do that god i don't want to do that every now and then you get that and it's funny when you go ahead and obey god how your want to changes to his want to what you want it's funny it it gets in a line i didn't want to be a children's pastor but i wanted this job at this church in florida years ago i wanted it i wanted to, to go to this church i just felt like this is the church i need to be at I don't know why, but the minute I walked in the door, I was like, this is where I need to be. I don't know why. And all they had was children's pastor junior high. And I didn't like either. I'm a youth pastor. Praise God, bless his name forever. I got the anointing for youth. So I took the job as children's pastor. And what I didn't really... what i I just thought I'll farm the children's stuff off on somebody else, and, and me and Bruce Ballard will become like the the junior high champions. you know the opposite happened. I fell in love with the children's ministry so much that I traded the junior high with the youth pastor so I could get the rest of the children's programs. I got the Royal Rangers and I got all the I got all the Sunday school classes and everything. I just like i love I love this, this is the thing. I'll do this forever. So welcome to Children's Church, everybody. (laughs) See, my want to, my desires conform to his doing something that I had no experience, no comfort in. Somehow I got the job, don't know how, and when I got it and did what God wanted me to do, it was amazing. I was better at that than I was at youth. God knew something I didn't, right? So by serving the Lord and using the gifts that we've been given, we grow through that too because it exercises our faith. You can read and gain faith and you can, the Holy Spirit can anoint you and prepare you for service. So go serve and use what you have. All right. First 1 Corinthians 1420 says this brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. Keep your hands out of the knife drawers. Quit pouting when you don't get what you want. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. Ephesians 4.14 says, Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow wow by speaking the truth in love we will grow and then every wind of teaching it says up there and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming what is that talking about people that are trying to deceive you today and i got to talk to alex about this or somebody maybe don but somebody needs to help me here i got this notice that says your domain your your uh domain on your website is about to expire And I've seen these before. They're a little tricky. It's a way to hijack you over into a different place so you pay this money. Okay, some of you know what I'm talking about. And some of you are just as lost as a cow looking at a new gate. But it's deceitful sometimes, these advertisements. It's to get you your money over to what they're doing instead of what you should be doing. And this this is what satan specializes in guys sometimes he uses people who are supposed to be preaching the gospel to get you to go in a different direction in your beliefs in what you know and sometimes i've even seen men of god turn their backs on god and boy they take a bunch of people with them in that direction and it's very very sad but he says instead speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ and so i love what my grandmother wrote here she says you can learn a lesson from the tall trees because you know they're swaying in the storm now yesterday we we were going someplace and a huge tree had fallen in our development and and is hanging over the mailbox so i can't get any bills sorry everybody mailman will not be able to deliver my bills till they move this tree and um, it didn't snap the tree it doesn't look like it looks like it just fell over you know like the top and all this rain and the wind and everything and this is what my grandmother wrote she says learn a lesson from the tall trees swaying in the storm roots have bored deep into the earth and perhaps fastened around rocks otherwise the trees would fall See, the trees are doing what we should do, boring deep to find places to anchor into so that when those storms come, when those rains come in our life, when those things hit us, we might go like this and we might go like that, you know, we may have a branch get broke off here and there, but we ain't going nowhere, okay? Okay. That's from that's Mamie right there. That's Mamie West, all right? And the Bible talks a lot about becoming established because it's never been God's plan, listen, for us as his children to be weak. He never planned on us, oh pastor. Oh brother, you know, we have we all have times like that. We have bad times. I know that. But he's not, it was never his plan for us to be overcome by circumstances, overcome by evil, overcome by the world. Paul quoted Jesus' words in 2 Corinthians 12 9. He says, My grace is sufficient for you. Sufficient, everybody. Do you hear that? Yes. It's what you need. My grace. So whatever's going on, you've got it. How? Through grace. You don't deserve it, but you got it. It's your gift from him. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And when I talked to Mark the other day in the hospital, I said, I know you're weak. You're so weak you can't hardly you can't lift up your legs. I said, So I'm going to just tell you, my brother. My power is made perfect. When we're when we are weak. Who is strong? It's that little children's song I remember. Jesus loves me. We are weak, but he is strong. My power is made perfect in weakness. I said, so here's what's going on in you. You say, I don't know why I'm here. I said, and I don't know why you're here, but God's power is being made perfect in your weakness. I said, I have no idea what your weaknesses are, but God is working on that right now including your physical weakness. Then he promised the Holy Ghost. Mm, here we go. This is when it gets good. And when he said in Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive what? No, oh, no, you said it weekly. You will receive Power. when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Who's going to listen to wimpy, weak people? Nobody. That's right. Not very many people. Oh, I see how well that works for you. But when they see, boy, he had this big deal in his life, that would have crushed me. And it really wiped him out. But he's still here. And he's still loving Jesus. And he's still talking about the cross. And he's still talking about what God has done for him. And he's still talking about God's faithfulness. And he's still talking about what God who God is and what he will do, this has to be real. You see, we do that not in our own strength, remember? When we're weak, that's when his power wells up in us and he says, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Jesus himself said in Luke 24, 49, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city. We're here in the city, aren't we? We're not leaving the city. We're right here in Kent. He says, stay in the city till you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus promised this. He promised that as we grow, as we read the word, as we pray, as we serve him, we should be becoming mature more powerful and as we grow in these experiences paul said in colossians 2 7 as we continue to walk in him as followers of christ we become what rooted and built up rooted he uses those exact words rooted and built up in him and strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness Ah. Oh, not, comp- not, not overflowing with complaints and cynicism, but overflowing with thankfulness. God, I don't like what's going on. God, this doesn't make a lick of sense to me, but God, I love you. And we sing that song, the goodness of God, you see? And we sing it loud and we sing it with emotion because... We have experienced God's goodness over and over and over again. No trial, no trial is going to move me from that because I'm rooted and I'm grounded in Him. Remember that story about Surfside I was just telling you about, the um, condominium that collapsed? Let me read something else about that. A couple staying at a nearby hotel recorded video, and you can watch this on online, you can look it up. They recorded video that shows debris and gushing water in the underground parking garage of the Surfside Condominium Building minutes before it collapsed. Adrian, Adriana Sarmiento and Roberto Castillero were at a nearby hotel when they recorded video in the early hours of June 24th. And one recording taken after the couple heard a loud crash shows a view through the gate for the parking garage and water can be seen coming down and concrete rubble appears to have fallen. Just minutes before, there's your clue right there what happened to that. They don't know officially yet, but we know where the problem was. It wasn't a huge storm. It wasn't an earthquake and it wasn't an explosion that brought this building down. It was, listen, years of weather, years of use, years of that climate. Everything finally took its toll and the foundation could not withstand one more thing. And then early in the morning when it was fully loaded with people and all their belongings and all their cars... That's when it happened. And I thought that was significant that the effects of a poor foundation may not always show up right away. Sometimes we think you know it's going to be this big event in our life and a lot of times we handle that better than the constant erosion and that's why the found our spiritual foundation is so important to everybody. It's not going to show up today. It's not going to show up tomorrow. And you may continue building onto your your fleshly house, who you are, your family, your business, everything. But if you have a foundation like that, your neighbor may be looking at it right now going, Oops, you may not be able to notice this. You may not see it. You may not feel it. But other people are looking in and going, "Uh Uh-oh, can he see that? Can he hear that? it doesn't happen overnight a lot of the failure that happens to our lives happens a little at a time so why should we dig deep and build our spiritual founda- house on a good foundation ephesians 3 17 says this so that christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and i pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power how many want power in their life Yeah, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide how long how high how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge we have no idea that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God as we dig deeper we get better acquainted with the Lord and we mature in our knowledge not so much about God but our knowledge in him and that knowledge doesn't come so much from reading everybody doesn't come so much from books and studying but this knowledge comes from experiencing God in your life that's how we start to really know about God what our mind tells us sometimes is wrong what other people tells us is sometimes wrong but what we experience as we live by faith in him, then we begin to know the truth of who God is and as we experience his grace and power we, we start to know him like never before. And this is all built on the foundation of what we learn and experience when we first begin. So remember this this message was called we're building for eternity. don't let your house come tumbling down. Don't let it come tumbling down. You get one chance at this. You get one chance with this house, everybody. And don't let it fall apart because of lack of a foundation. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, I just pray that you will touch our hearts in a way that we get uneasy. Say, yeah, I've heard this before. I know this story and I know the importance of it. And sometimes we hear these things and we just, like Jesus said, we, we don't do anything. We hear and we do not. Don't let us be guilty of hearing. This could be a warning for somebody here today. This could be a dire warning, a last chance warning even. And God, I pray that the, I, we don't want to see this somebody's life come tumbling down we don't want to see that what we want is for people today to see the importance of digging deep in you and building that spiritual foundation so speak to our hearts holy spirit don't let us go on this don't let us just walk away but keep moving on our hearts what needs to be done so that we don't just accept the status quo Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. Thank you for speaking to us already. In Jesus' name. So how is your spiritual foundation? Have you ignored some of the cracks and deficiencies? Or maybe you need to begin all over again. Maybe you just need a total remake here. I've watched some of these shows on television that redo houses, and there are times... That's what they end up doing. They go, we don't have anything to work with. And they just level it and start, <laughs> they start over sometimes. Well, you know what? Jesus has promised that if that's what we need. And that usually is. That that's what he's here to do too. Have you built your life on a foundation of sand? Because that's no foundation at all. If you have... And you say, you know, I think that's me. That describes me today. I want to give you an opportunity to start anew. I want to give you an opportunity to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. So if you would, let's join together in prayer. And I like to put up this prayer slide so that we can say these words together. And I just want to encourage you. There's people here, if you're watching, there's people here praying with you. Some may be praying for the first time, maybe the first time in a long time. They're making a rededication. Whatever the case may be, if you feel the need today, make this your personal prayer. But I'd like everybody to join in and pray this prayer today. And remember, this is a launch. This is the beginning. It's not Christian maturity. It's not where we need to be. It's where we're starting, though, today. But it's good. We want you to start And we offer resources to you. If you contact us, we'll do our best to either hook you up with somebody in your area or send you materials, email it to you. Whatever we need to do, we'll figure it out and we will resource you and help you to grow in Christ and build that foundation. So let's pray this prayer together, if you would, if they can put that on the screen. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't that great? Maybe somebody today, everybody here, listen. Maybe somebody today received Christ. We don't even know. Maybe somebody in this room did. But I want us to encourage them right now and let's give them a clap. And let's rejoice with the angels. Let's rejoice with heaven today. That somebody has come to know Christ. Well, we're going to continue on with our communion service. And we want to say goodbye to those who joined us through streaming. Thank you again for being with us at The Lighting Kent. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightincent.com or message us on Facebook.